Hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm Tim. And we are The, the Irreverence. Back in full. Hey, y'all. With a new year. Because, of course, it's Advent the first one. Sunday of Advent is the first Sunday of the new year. Yay! Uh, yeah. Yep. You're not, you weren't going to sing some New Year song? No, it's kind of almost like a, a whole new season for The Irreverence. It is. So, the website's so not quite favorite. ready yet, but uh, yeah. it will be soon, and it's still, a new, it's it will still be. a new part in life. It is. So, yeah. I like it. It's, it's going to be great, but, but it's a lot of work to upload our old episodes, but we're working on it. We're working on it. So, I had an idea for this sort of reboot of The Irreverence. That's something I've been really thinking about for months, which is that it would be cool to have a, a recurring segment on our podcast called The Struggle is Real. Because trying to live your life as a person of faith is a struggle. What? Life doesn't always... It is. Oh, yeah. No. I'm sure I'm the only person... <laughs> I know I'm the only person who feels this way. But sometimes it's a struggle to live into that. Sometimes it's a struggle with something going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be useful... I'll start us off today. Okay. But we also invite listeners to email us to let us know what their struggle is, and we can pick that up for an episode on The Struggle is Real. Yeah. And so... And you can send those emails to Tim to, at theirreverence.com. You could. That's you the, absolutely could. Up. Tim and at theirreverence.com. Again, that nice is Tim job. at theirreverence.com. radio talk show host. Oh, you kind of are. But wait, Bob, there's more. Yeah. Okay. So the struggle is real and it is for me this week. And I'm sure there are others of you who have had this sort of situation where there is someone in my um, larger family who has a very serious illness, the sort of thing that without treatment, she will die. So as serious as they come. And her suffering is terrible. Hmm. And the struggle, even though, you know, here I am a person of faith, I, I teach about prayer, I preach about prayer sometimes, but you know, there's this really deep part of me that really struggles with why aren't our prayers being answered? Sure. When I'm not, what I have been praying for is peace is for her suffering to be eased mm-hmm. for you know for there to be some healing because of course healing isn't always about cure and you know here I am a priest and I've been a priest for 12 years and I just want to let you know it is still a struggle to be on the other side of this and be with someone in their suffering it is very hard and prayer I feel like prayer helps me because it helps keep me grounded and helps keep me feeling loved and supported and heard mm-hmm. by God. But it's a struggle. It's a struggle to to keep my hope. It's a struggle to not just be really angry. It's a struggle to not despair. It is. Yeah. I think, and, I think that part of prayer, not just keeping us grounded, is it's a very real way that keeps us connected as well. Keeps us connected to each other to and each God. Other and God. And so, you know, Tertullian, 
One of the early church fathers has this great quote, and it's not the blood of the martyrs is the seeds of the church, although that is a fantastic quote. <laughs> Uplifting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably not helpful pastorally in this case. No, no, yeah. But he said basically— Certainly not for me, because I don't really no, want not, myself not to be martyred in this. Yeah. No, but basically So he what said, else did Tertullian say? He said, one Christian is no Christian. That mm-hmm. to be Christian means to be in community, and that community is one that— demands love from one another and offers that as a free will gift to one another. And one of the ways we do that is through prayer. So praying not just for the person that you are feeling this sorrow and grief and pain for, but also everybody praying to bear you up in that and to bear that person up in that and everybody who's involved. Well, and when you pray for someone it softens your heart toward that person. Mm-hmm. and That's why Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. Yeah, exactly. And so when I pray, it's, it increases my own compassion, compassion and my own love. And it gives me the opportunity to pray not only for this person's suffering, but for all those who find themselves in a place of suffering. Yeah. I just want... I just brought it up because I think sometimes people think that a life of faith ought to be easy. And actually our tradition encourages us, yeah, that there is real faith in the struggle. So the struggle is real, people. So should we begin? Should we do our readings? Let's do our um, readings. It's Advent 1. Okay. So um, I kind of want to read Isaiah. Is that okay with you? Only if you read it in the style of James Earl Jones. Oh, I can't, and I'm, and I wasn't even going to call him Isaiah. Oh, that's too bad. It's okay, always so fun I when hear, you make fun of me for that. For those of you who follow these sorts of things, we are just switching to year A. The lectionary for Sundays has is a three-year cycle, A, B, C, and since Advent is the beginning of the new year, we begin with year A. And the Hebrew Bible lesson is from Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord." Oh, that's beautiful. So I've never been to the UN in New York. Is it true that they have printed up on the wall, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks? Yeah, and there's actually a statue out front that it rep- that's represented by that. Oh, so. That's, so I love those, um, the groups that are taking guns, our current, our modern version of the sword, mm-hmm. and... Literally turning them into plowshares, 
Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, it's good steel. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it's such such a great symbol, you know, that God can take even our implements of war and bring new life from them, but life that will bring life. Not just can, but will. I mean, that's, yes. that's this. That's right. So the the thing that has stuck out to me on this um, recently, because I, I did a pilgrimage to Turkey and Greece uh, last month, and we went to a lot of temples, you know, the ruins of a lot of temples. And Wait, you mean, so you mean... Things that were temples in Jesus's time. Yeah, well, yeah, ancient temples, you know, like yeah, okay. at Ephesus and you know, mm-hmm. all, yeah, all those all those temples that are referenced both in scripture and in, in just historical writings. And so I'm kind of taken with the idea of, of temple in this because the house of the Lord that's on the highest of mountains, which is really not Zion's not a very very high mountain, but it's the Temple Mount, and why people would come streaming to it, you know, not just because they want to go to the mountain, but because of the presence of God that's on the holy mountain, which is, you know, that wonderful thing when after the temple is dedicated, the, the glory of the Lord fills it. And then... And people are drawn to the light. Drawn to it. And I think that that, you know, it's, it's the light that is interesting in that. And the interesting part about the temple in Jerusalem, unlike all the other temples in the ancient world, is every one of those other temples had a giant statue in it. But hmm. the temple in Jerusalem didn't. They had a locked away room, the Holy of Holies, yeah. as, at the center of it, which was not, you know, there's no idol there, only the presence of God. Mm. Only, <laughs> quote, only the yeah. presence of God. Yeah. God's own self dwelled right. in the temple. But but all that goes away at some point, and the temple's destroyed, and then they build a new temple, and nothing happens. The same thing doesn't happen. The glory doesn't come and overshadow it and all the other stuff. So, And we as Christians understand that that presence actually came again in Jesus. And people were drawn to Jesus yeah. just like they were drawn to light. Absolutely. You know, the Gospels are full of stories of crowds, just crowds of people following, or the crowds who whom he feeds, and, you know, thousands of people. And then there's the story of the transfiguration where Jesus becomes dazzling and bright. Yeah. And his true glory shown. So. And he says, I am the light. Mm-hmm. I, I really connect with this idea of brightness drawing people in. Yeah. Because we all know people like that who are just so bright and and full of joy, or they're sort of another version of it where they're just so quiet and grounded and solid. Yeah. Um, You're like, oh, what's up with you? I want a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, just these wise figures. And there really is something to the idea that people are drawn to deep goodness, to deep Love and connectedness and mystery. And, you know, it gets back to that community thing. If we're deeply connected, we don't need swords. We only need the implements of community, the things to grow crops and sustain us. Yeah, to feed one another instead of to kill one another. Yeah. If we trust one another, then we're all about making meals together instead of dividing. Yep. Do you want to read the gospel? The gospel selection, because we are now... In year A is Matthew, Matthew 24, 
36-44. Jesus said to his disciples, But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. And here endeth the lesson. Okay, so this one always also makes me think of like big vacuums in the sky that suck people up. Yeah, it's one of the, this and the Thessalonians piece are the two things that people point to to try to justify rapture, which nobody believed in until the 19th century. So it is, it's confusing and it overshadows the story and it makes it scary in a way that I don't think it's meant to be scary. Not at all. Except for the idea of the thief. That's just weird. (laughs) Like, um, like, we're supposed to be the thief, or Jesus is supposed to be the thief. Is the, the thief? thief like who? Yeah. Jesus is the thief. Are we the, that, like, are what we is the that homeowners, mean? and we're supposed to like keep Jesus from breaking into our house? Because I'm, yeah, I'm totally about Because I'd be like, okay, in. I'm not. I know. Like, Come on in. I'm totally okay with Jesus I'll coming in. I, I um, was just gonna say, leave him cookies, like Santa. Nice. Um, but the whole point of it is is not that at all. The whole point of it is yes, live life, but be ready. All right, then our work here is done. All right. Be so. ready for what. So this is not supposed to be scary, but this triggers people's fears of the sort of end times. Right. What this is supposed to be about is you never know when either Jesus is going to come back or your own life could end or everything could change. So live fully. Be aware of your choices. Don't wait to forgive or don't wait to make peace or don't wait to tell someone you love them or don't wait to be generous. Don't think to yourself, someday I will be able to help others. But right now, you know. Life is short. Make haste to love. Right. It's not supposed to be a a thing to induce fear. And the bottom line is if we are living lives of faith, the life of Christians in loving community, then it doesn't matter when it happens. Yeah, Tim, mostly we don't live that way. You know, we don't. Well, maybe you don't. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm just a terrible even. Um, I wasn't going to say I mean, the truth is it's a a little scary. Yeah. Because we don't live our lives generally as loving God and our neighbor as ourselves. Right. You know, we, we don't actually live that way. And we try and we fail and we try and we fail. We certainly don't do it 100% of the time. No. It doesn't excuse us from not trying. What is this supposed to be about for us in the context either of of Advent, which is waiting. Advent is a season of waiting. It's a season of waiting for Jesus to be born again, but also also Jesus Jesus to to come back. Right. So why... What is this supposed to be help us in our regular daily lives? How is this supposed to inspire us? 
and, and teach us something. Be ready. So you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of people that I interact with, you know, in a lot of different contexts of my life who are estranged from other people oh. or who have real rifts in their relationships yeah. or something. And they just keep waiting, you know, like like thinking that they'll have all the time in the world to try to heal those relationships or mm. um, something will happen that will change it all. Mm-hmm. And that just feels like wasted time. All right, Jenny, I'm sorry I stole your sandwich that one time. Yeah, I've been fuming over that forever. Um, <laughs> it was delicious. No, I'm sorry for all the ways I've let you down. No, I, of course I am. You know, I can certainly think of relationships in my life that could use some mending. Yeah. Some truth-telling. It's interesting, isn't it, how hard it is to ask for forgiveness? Oh, my God. Or to let go of something you've been holding yourself. Right. You don't want to forgive. Yeah. I think part of this, because again, to my mind at least, and yours I know too, a life of faith isn't just about trying to get us ready for the life to come, no, you know, our about, life after we die. It's about our life now. It's about restoring the world now. And if we just keep waiting for some perfect magic time when we will be able to forgive or when we can move on with our lives or change something that needs changing or let something die so that something new can grow. We'll we'll just spend our whole lives in the shackles that we've created. And this... When, When Jesus just wants us to be free. Yeah. Like, be free now. Get ready now. Love now. Don't wait. Right. So I'll give some thought to what I can do now that I've been holding on to. That's a great Advent practice. Yeah. I really think that Advent is one of the most countercultural things the church can do. Mm-hmm. Because the whole world, well, not the whole world, the whole American culture does see this as a season. But it's the shopping season. Preparation for Christmas season. Or it's the Christmas season. Yeah. And what by practicing an Advent as actually a religious practice, a spiritual practice of, of preparing ourselves, it's a very countercultural thing. As long as the preparing is, that you're thinking about is not just about polishing the silver and doing all your Christmas shopping, but trying to introduce into your Advent some of the symbols of Advent, like light. The Advent wreath is just a marvelous symbol for that, where as the world gets darker and darker, you know, and we we approach the winter solstice where the nights are longer and longer, the Advent... You light more and more candles. That's right. You, You have this visual of light getting brighter and light getting ready to come into the world. And it... It offers you an opportunity every night to gather around that Advent wreath, or even if you're by yourself, to light a candle, or then the second week, like two candles, and say a prayer. Mm -hmm. Think about something that you've been making space for, or something that you're waiting for, or something that you can do right now. Pray for that person who hurt you. Yeah. Pray for that person who you hurt. Yeah. 
it's a it's a wonderful countercultural thing because the rest of the world is thinking about shopping and it's a it's a great way to keep yourself grounded in what this really means. Yeah, I don't think about shopping. <laughs> like ever. I've been I've been thinking about I repress knitting. that thought. I, I've been knitting. So should we do a lectio? Sure. Why don't you pick? Because I, I I kind of started the other things. So you don't have anything that you wanted to do, right? Is mm-hmm. that what you really meant to say? Yep. Well, I mean, also, I feel like it's all about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I more think... about me, darling. That's right. Yes. All right. I got one. Okay. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So the image that is popping into my mind is of sound waves. Hmm. The way sound waves, which they wouldn't have known in this time, of course, start from a central point and spread out in circles and go on really into infinity. And that is a beautiful image to me of the word of the Lord and the instruction coming out from a central point and literally spreading over the whole earth Mm -hmm. and actually spreading out into the cosmos Mm -hmm. is really, really beautiful to me. The idea that it's such a pure sound. That's a Jewish, you know, viewpoint too. Jerusalem is the central point of the cosmos. Yeah. And it's also definitely something that the early church held. Like if you look at maps, you had Jerusalem as the center. Like that old map that New York City did that was like a thing you could get a poster of it that had New York City as the center of the world. Yeah, well, they still think that in New York. I know. So you, thing, you know what the else? The thing that sticks out for me on that is is the word, right? Mm. And I, I'm, I'm equating that with the word, with Jesus. The going out. initial cap, yeah. Yeah, so. So, but you know what else occurs to me, Tim? So when we're thinking of it in terms of like the sound waves, and sound waves actually do have an initial point and mm-hmm. as the center. You know, any loud voice can also be that center point and spread out. And the challenge is to know which voice rings true. Mm-hmm. Which voice is, is the instruction from the Lord, the word? And when we look at those two placed back to back, the instruction and the word, and and as you say, we think of the word as the word made flesh, one tremendous way, maybe the best way to tell, if you can't tell whether the word you're hearing is the word of God or your own thoughts or... Does does it sound like Jesus? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's a, it, that's one of the best gifts like we have. Mm-hmm. Is this is confusing? This is not as easy as it might have seemed to God at the time. Right. And so, and like I thought this was going to be so clear, and it's not. And so I'll send the prophets, and oh, that doesn't work either. So well, they killed them. Let's send uh, my son. Oops. Yeah. Oh, they killed him too. But he rose. What we have is also the life and the words and the and the ministry of Jesus and. And we can use Jesus as the as the plumb line, really. Not that I just made that up out of the blue. But other loud voices also echo through the ages. And trying to discern which is which 
is one of the great challenges of our life. And a really good test for that, for those of us who are Christians, is to ask ourselves, does it look and sound like Jesus? So there. There you go. Yeah. So what's your blessing? (sighs) Okay. My blessing is for all of those who approach the holiday season with fear, grief, anxiety. Mm -hmm. Whether it's because you've lost someone you love or you're lonely or you, you have some difficult relationships and you're going to be seeing each other. Um, my prayer is to hear that echo across time and space that says you are loved and you are held in love by God, by the one who breathed life into you and put the stars in the sky. And that will never go away. And that echo will never fade. And if you listen quietly, you can hear it. That's my blessing. What's yours? Mine is that everybody who's hearing this, and everybody really, can find space in this busy season that uh, commercialism has taught us needs to be fed and find the space to be still and hear the echo. You know, gosh, Tim, you're right. The commercialism has not only taught us that it needs to be frenetic, but it's taught us that material things are what really matter. Yeah. And our value is whether or not we're providing the right gifts. And that's oh, God. It's, our, value, it's, our value is whether or not we are in relationship with one another. And so I hope that people find that, that silent time to think on that and to pray for those with whom they have difficulty. Well, and it's about our presence, P-R-E. Mm-hmm. S-E-N-C-E. I see what you, you know. did there. Um, I really didn't mean to, and I'm also a terrible, terrible speller, which is why God invented spell That's a fabulous homophone. I love it. Um, and not our, not the gifts, not presence with a T. Um, Let your presence be the presence. Well, uh, but I mean, really, because yeah. nobody really cares about the you know, when we look back on our own lives, we there. You know, I'm 55 years old. I can remember a handful of Christmas gifts, mm-hmm. but I can remember so many stories of cozy, connected, deep moments yeah. with people I loved, right. or strangers. It is really even when you think about it in your own life, mm-hmm. it doesn't really tend to be about the gifts. It's about being with one another fully. You'll remember and, the love before you remember. Yeah. Well, I do. I do remember getting Optimus Prime. I mean, well, so we cool. all have some gifts, right? I remember <laughs> when I got a Grover, a stuffed Grover, and the truth was, oh, nice. and I know my mom's not listening, I actually wanted it so badly. I checked her closet, and I found it before uh, Christmas, which didn't stop me being excited. But, um, oh, I remember that. Or the year I got, I know this will surprise you, a microphone that had its own little amplifier. I think I was in sixth grade. Uh, everything makes so much more sense now. I know. <laughs> that was like the perfect gift for me. Um, I remember a few gifts. And I also remember for my kids, years, you know, that Andrew got a bike or Mikey got the air hockey table or something. Yeah. You know, I remember those. But that's about me giving and right. not receiving. But so. in the end, the things that we really remember, I remember yeah. sitting on my grandma's lap. Oh, I know. You know? I I remember that too. And I loved your grandma. I'm no. <laughs> You'll meet her one day and right, you will. You'll right, love her. Right. 
All right. All right. I think uh, we'll see you next week and um, give us another week with the website. But email us. And if us. you do have something that you want to just to have struggle us talk with. about, the struggle, because the struggle yeah. is real, email me. Again, Tim. What is that email? Again, it's Tim at theirreverence.com. And It'll be Tim at theirreverence.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating on iTunes or Google Play and tell a friend. It really helps. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay. See you next Bye. week. Bye now. So I suspect Tim will edit that out. But for those of you who want to know, we just heard a great deal of rustling and things on Tim's end. I had the mic muted on my end, at least the one that records the track. Oh, my God. Okay, so, so then it's just, you can just it pretend just like it's me hearing things. I'm not going to edit out your complaint, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so me to just, just make like, you sound be complaining. Crazy. Right. I don't know what yeah, she's talking about. Crazy. She's hearing You're going to gaslight y'all. me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's not the right kind of light. (laughs) All right.